Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. Ezekiel 11 and 16, you don't have to stand up, I'm going to just kind of teach, preach a little bit, something that I had earlier this weekend and I decided to go ahead and use it today. Um, Ezekiel 11 and 16 says, therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, although I've cast them far off among the heathen, although I've scattered them among countries, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries where they shall come. Amen. He said, even though you're scattered amongst the countries, I will be a little sanctuary in those countries where you are. Amen. You know, it's interesting. I I was reading the other day, and this is what got me to thinking about this. The, I read an article called The Loneliest Place on Earth. And it was referring to a place called Point Nemo. Point Nemo, it said, is the loneliest place on the planet. Amen. It is in the middle of the, the, the far south Pacific. It is a point in the middle of the far south Pacific that is the, is the most remote place on the planet Earth, um, and, and there's several interesting things about it. The, if you were at Point Nemo, if you were to take a boat or take a swim or whatever at Point Nemo, the closest land, the closest land would be Ducey Island, which is 600, 1,670 miles away. That is the closest land. There's nowhere closer than Ducey Island from Point Nemo, 1,670 miles away. There is another uh, uh, island. The next closest one is close to 2,000 miles away, and it is at the northern part of Antarctica. It's a small <laughs> island there. Ducey Island is an uninhabited atoll, uh, I believe, in the Bikini Islands, and, uh, and it is the closest land. Uh, Typically, if you were there, if you were sitting around in a boat at Point Nemo, the closest human, the closest human that you could, uh, that if you wanted to say hi to somebody, the closest human would be the folks that pass over about, I don't know, 16 times a day in the International Space Station, which is 249 miles up. Those are the closest folks to you. The water is... 45 degrees and 13,000 feet deep. And there is nothing around it. It is in the middle of what is called the South 
Pacific Gyre, or Gyre, G-Y-R-E, say it however you want to, I don't care. It's in the middle of that thing. It is swirling currents that literally push nutrients and, and, and everything else away. And it is, it is because of that and because there are no land masses. It's interesting, but a lot of the, a lot of the biological diversity of, of, the, of an ocean is because of islands and land masses. The wind blows uh, dirt and set them into the, into the, uh, into the water and, it, and, and all of that sort of thing. There's nothing like that. So it is basically no biological fertility in that place. It is basically dead. In the middle of the South Pacific, there's a massive area, well over a thousand miles wide, maybe a couple thousand miles wide, where nothing really lives at all. It is the loneliest, deadest place on earth. It is a huge desert of life in the middle of the ocean, and, and there's nothing there. There's nobody there. There's no... You won't find fish there. I mean, there may be a few that wander through here and there. You won't find fish. You won't even find hardy microbes. I didn't need to know this place existed, but it's one of those places you don't want to go to. And you don't really want to stay there because there ain't nothing to do. And the only thing that really happens there is because it's so empty, they use it to dump spaceships in. They use it to dump spaceships in. When a spacecraft, a big spacecraft, up like a satellite or like the Mir space station, which was a Soviet space station, when the when the orbit begins to degenerate or de and and it begins to fall out of the sky, they will aim it. They will have let, let it do a controlled descent into the middle of that area where Point Nemo is. So the only thing really of interest is 13,000 feet down on the bottom of the ocean is pieces of old spaceships that are no longer any good anymore. That's what you find at Point Nemo. The Bible says, Jeremiah described the, um, described the wilderness experience in his conversation with the people of Israel. Jeremiah 2 and 6 says this, Neither said they, Where the, where's the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt that led us through the wilderness? And they begin to uh, describe the wilderness. Through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. And he began to describe what we call today the wilderness of Zen or the, the Sinai wilderness. And, uh, and, and, it was an empty place and still, for the most part, is an empty place. He said it is a place of pits. It's a place of deserts. It's a place of drought. It's a place of the shadow of death. It's empty. Amen. And, uh, and I, I began to read about this. I began to read about that lonely place called Point Nemo and how at times in a spiritual, emotional mental way that we find ourselves in a, a, a place of death and a place of despair and a place where we feel like we are in the middle of nowhere. Amen. Amen. My wife made a statement the other day and, and I understand this full well. She said, I dread 
the nights. And, and you know, th that's, that's the funny thing is because at night, usually uh, for a long time, the nights have been rough on me. I would, I would go to bed late and wake up early, and I would wake up during the night, and I would I'd struggle. I was praying, trying to, trying to get through things and work through things. And my wife, bless her heart, would sleep the whole night through. And, uh, or it seemed that way to me, but, uh, but now because of this situation, because her arm is tucked up against her body and, and she can't lay back and she can't lay on this side and it hurts after a while laying on this side, she said, I dread the nights and, and I can remember times in my life that I have laid there in bed. I remember waking up in a hospital room when I think I had, had a, uh, uh, my knee replaced, and I was in pain, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep, and I drifted off, and I woke up, and and you always hope for the morning. You want the morning to come, and it was three o'clock in the morning. I saw that horrible little digital clock somewhere on the wall, and I thought I will never make it through this night, and I did. Amen. That's the thing about these situations is you make them through it, but uh, but you, we find ourselves in that place where we are. We're, we're empty, amen, in empty places, spiritually and emotionally. The scripture tells us of the time that the people of Israel found themselves in a desert of sorts in Babylon. This is what's fascinating about it. Babylon was the most cosmopolitan city in the world. It was the greatest city in the world. There were a few at that time that were fantastic, Babylon, Nineveh. Tyre and some others, but Babylon was the city. You wanted to go somewhere, it was a city, probably like New York City, the city that never sleeps, and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and so, but for the Jews, they were captives in that land. And instead of having this wonderful experience of being in the most cosmopolitan city in the world, a place of music and a place of of excitement and a place of entertainment and a place of everything you can imagine, they found themselves. The Bible says, Psalms 137.1, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, and we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing, us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song? This is Psalms 137. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And this is fascinating when you think about this because, because it was, it was a, you, you've got two uh, juxtapositions, if you will. You've got two places. You've got the wilderness that was physically, <laughs> that was physically and, 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 naturally an empty place. You've got the wilderness where there was very little water, where there was very little food, and, and, and it, was, it was just a, a miserable place. It was hot. It was dusty. It was dry. And physically, it was that. And then you look over into Babylon that, that was, had the hanging gardens of Babylon, it was verdant, it was beautiful, it had everything going for it. But you have basically the same feeling in both places. I'm empty, 
there's nothing for me here. I'm in a strange land. Amen. I, I found myself in a situation. I'm not happy. I'm struggling. I can't sing the songs of Zion in this place. I know it doesn't make any difference if you're in the middle of a city and sometimes in the middle of a worshiping church. Amen. Or you're somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and can't get a hold of anyone on the phone. When you hit that empty place in your life and that dry place in your life, you feel, I'm all by myself. I guess I'm just going to have to go in alone. You want me to sing praise unto, the, unto God? I can't sing praise unto God. I'm in the middle of the wilderness. I'm in the middle of a strange land. Amen. Amen. And you know how it feels. I think everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Some people talk about the dark night of the soul. That time when they go through a, a, a soul searching and trying to figure out, uh, hey man, where God is and why God, uh, uh, what, what is going on God, why am I dealing with this, uh, why am I walking through this situation, uh, why do I feel the way that I feel, uh, hey man, why do I struggle with this temptation, why do I struggle with this trial, why me Lord, why me, hey amen, and, and, and people don't always understand. It's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, man? We're having a good church. Everything's going all right with you. Y'all know what I mean? Everything's going good. God is blessing. We feel the presence of the Lord. What is wrong with you? You ever been there? I know I have. I know I bounce through those places on occasion. Amen. I visit them. For old times' sake. Amen. Here's the funny thing about those places. Here's the funny thing about those places, those, those difficult times. Typically, if you look at the wilderness and you look at Babylon, the reason they were there was their own fault. Almost always, not always, but almost always, the situations that we deal with are not because of of anybody else. Sometimes, sometimes God brings us through fiery trials. I know that. Sometimes there are situations that happen that are out of our control. Sometimes you're betrayed by people. Sometimes you're attacked by people. You go through those things. That's just the way life is. We all deal with that. Hey, listen, folks, whenever you go through that, you need to realize this ain't the first time that's happened and probably ain't the last time it's happened. It's life. It's the way life is. Amen. Everybody's not nice. And everybody who seems nice isn't as nice as they seem to be. And they'll get to you sometimes. And it happens. And sometimes you act that way too. <laughs> Amen. Because nobody's perfect. I, I mean, nobody's perfect. Amen. I mean, nobody is. So, so, but most of the time, most of the time, not all the time, not all the time, there's sometimes that things happen. We know. They call it in insurance, the act of God. Things happen. Most of the time, the reason we are where we are is because of something we have done or some way that we have acted or something that we have, have followed after. 
And we have allowed our own willful desires to push us in places. Amen. And instead of listening to the voice of, of the preacher or the pastor or the listening to the word of God or listening to God, listening to the spirit, we're just going to do what we're going to do because we want to do what we want to do. And we do it anyway. And what is so funny about that, it's usually what happens when that happens. We're like, what happened? Why is this happening to me? I don't know how many times I've watched families act like fools in their life. Families follow after all kinds of garbage, do all kinds of stuff, play, play with, with God, play with the world, allow all kinds of carnality in their life. And then they watch as their children wander into the world. And, 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 and it's funny about that because, folks, you, you, you know where you've been and what you've done and how you've lived. And you can't do anything about what might have happened in the past. But there's some young people here that if you want your children to live for God, you need to live for God with everything that's in you. You want your, pe your children to be faithful, you need to teach them faithfulness by, by, by example. Amen. You want your children to walk in the light of the truth, you need to walk in the light of the truth. You want your children to live holy, you need to live holy. Don't expect your children, amen, to act any way different than you do. I've watched folks, they're cussing up a sailor, and their little kid says a, a, a bad word, and they're like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, what are you doing? You dummy. Amen. They learn it from you. And so, so they, they, the kids go out, and they, and they, and they walk away from God, and, and 15 years down the road, the kids are in a terrible state, and the parents say, what happened? I think that most of us know what happened. Amen. And so it's just the way that things happen. None of us are perfect. None of us do everything perfect. But we got to do the best we can. But we find ourselves in these situations because we've gotten ourselves in these situations. And I'm going somewhere with this. Both the, the, both the wilderness and Babylon were results of their action. They, they ended up 40 years in the wilderness because they did not believe God. Because they did not have faith. God said, I'm going to give you the land. And they said, no, 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 there's too many people there. They're too big. And so they ended up for 40 years in the wilderness. Babylon was because of sin after sin after sin after sin after sin after sin. And after a while, God said, okay, that's enough of that. I'm going to send you off somewhere for a little training session. And they spent 70 years in Babylon. They were there because of their decisions. Decisions we know have consequences. We also know that the roughest places in life are usually in the midst of the consequences. If you're in sin and being drugged through the mire, it's a desperate and terrible time. Amen. If you're a saint of God and you're dealing with the consequences of your own willfulness and stupidity, you know how harrowing that is. And there's no desire to sing the songs of Zion. Amen. All you're trying to do is survive. Amen. Like I said, I know the feeling because I have been there. Amen. Amen. And so in the midst of that desert, in the midst of trying to figure things out, trying to, what am I going to do? And I, I want you to understand this right now. Uh, nobody understands what you're going through except for God. You can come to me and you can tell me, man, I'm going through this, Pastor, I'm going through that. And I can say, and sometimes, well, I understand what you're saying. But I don't really understand that. I may have been through something similar, but I don't really know what you're going through. 
I can't go into your body and, 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 and become you. I don't know. I don't know the things that you're dealing with. And, and I, I've talked to people. I've worked with young people. And I think i got to figure it out. And then they go crazy. It's like, I ain't got to figure it out. I don't know what's going on with you. What is wrong with these people? That's usually my go-to question. Why in the world is wrong with that person? Amen. They had every chance. What? I don't know. I can't figure it out sometimes. Amen. I think they just lost their mind. And sometimes they did. And sometimes we lose our mind. It's God. What's going on? I can't understand that. But God can understand that. The Savior does understand that. Amen. And, and we, we need to realize this in the midst of this. I can have sympathy. I can have even a measure of empathy. There's a difference between the two. Amen. I can have a measure of empathy. But I can't really understand what you're going through. And, and I don't have all the answers. I wish I had all the answers. I wish I could sit down and take a tablet out and begin to write things down and say, if you will do this. And, and sometimes I do have answers. I told one young man one time, he, 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 had, he had just messed up royal. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, here, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven. I must have had about ten things. I said, if you will do these things in your life, and they're not difficult things. If you'll do these things in your, in, in your life, I will, I said, I cannot guarantee because who knows what might happen. But if things go the way they usually do, things are going to work out for you. I said, you're going to get a good wife one day, a godly wife. You're going to have a good job. People will respect you. Uh, you you'll be, you, you, you know, stability. And I went through the whole thing. I said, if you will do those things, you know, if you do those things, I will guarantee you things are going to work out. I said, I don't have to prophesy this kind of stuff. I don't have to sit here and tell you that God told me they're going to work out. Common sense tells me if you live this way, these sort of things are going to happen. Amen. It's like, for instance, if you get a, uh, they, they, they'll tell you, anybody who has a two-parent family and gets a high school diploma has a much better chance of having a good job and, and making it and not going to prison. It's just common sense. There's a lot of other things, too. And, and you, can, you, can, you can see these things. You can look at but but I can't give you the answers. You're like, I don't understand, Pastor, what's going on in my mind or what's going on in my spirit. I can't figure it out. I'm like, well, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, I really can't figure it out either. Amen. Amen. I wish I was a psychic sometimes. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, I see it right here. Let's see, what is it? it here it is. It's terminal stupidity. There it is. That's the problem. <laughs> Amen. I, I can figure that one out a lot of times. <laughs> Amen. But I can't, I can't give you all the answers. God can, but you got to listen to him. Now, there's the trick. you got to listen to God. you got to hear the word of God. Amen. I need answers. Listen to God. Listen to the word of God. Let the spirit of God lead you. Listen to the preaching. You'll get the answers you want, but you got to listen to them. And once you've heard them, you've got to respond to them in the proper way. Amen, amen, amen. And so in the midst of this desert, in the midst of the drought, this stricken place, a place of pits where your, where your, your hopes uh, and your hearts uh, have been hung on the willow tree and you can't sing the songs of Zion, God said this, he said in the midst of that, even though it's your fault most of the time, even though you brought yourself here, he said, I will be a little sanctuary to you. Like, God's going to be a little sanctuary. 
little sanctuary. What, what does that mean, just a little sanctuary? Well, that, that's, it doesn't mean it in that way. And here's understanding. It's not referring to the size of a tabernacle or the size and the limitations of God because there are no limitations for God. It means that the situation that you, have, that you are in has limits. And this hope that he brings, that that situation is not going to last forever. And it, it, it means basically, I will be a sanctuary for a little while. I will be in that situation a temporary sanctuary. I will be, while you are going through it, I will be there is what it means. The word sanctuary literally means asylum. Asylum. Think of it this way. There are people coming, wanting to come across the southern border, and they're looking for asylum. Some of them are serious. Some of them are not. But they're wanting asylum. Asylum means a place where you have a safe place, protection. Asylum, when you come into the United States, is not a permanent situation. When you come in and you ask for asylum, they will give you asylum, and then you have to go through immigration and get permanent residency. It's not a permanent thing. But asylum is a temporary thing. It is a thing that happens while you are in a bad situation. Some of them, uh, you know, they are legitimate. They come from places like Venezuela where, where, and like Nicaragua that are, are, are terrible places where if they go back, they'll die. And they need asylum, so they come to the United States and they ask for asylum. The United States looks at that and they say, we're going to grant you asylum, which means you have a safe place here in the U.S. But this is, doesn't go on forever. You don't stay in the status of asylum forever. There comes a point where you move out of the asylum into, uh, you know, a, a temporary resident, then a permanent resident, and then you can become a citizen. I don't know what all goes on. Amen. There's a lot of stuff to it. But the asylum is a temporary thing. He said, I will be an asylum for a little while. Amen. As long as you are in that situation, as long as you're dealing with that problem, as long as you're fighting that battle, even though you may have caused it, even though it may be because of your dumb uh, ideas and your dumb uh, uh, actions uh, and it's the consequences of that. He said, in that place, uh, I will be uh, an asylum for a little while. What does that mean? Until I take you out of that place uh, and into my presence. What does that mean? That means that whatever you are going through, uh, amen, he'll be a covering for you. Uh, if you'll obey his words, uh, if you'll obey his commandments, uh, if you'll do what he wants you to do, God will cover you. He said, as a hen gathereth her chicks. Oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't, uh, but Jesus does. Amen. Amen. <laughs> But I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't worry about the light at the end of the tunnel. God owns the tunnel. Amen. And he will be a protection and an asylum for you. Amen. Amen. You've got to, uh, you've got to commit yourself to him. Nehemiah 
God told Nehemiah in reference to the people of Israel. He said if his people would do his commandments, that he would bring them again to a place that the Bible says would bear his name. You do what God asks you to do. I can't do it. I can't sing the songs. I can't sing the Lord's songs. I can't sing the songs of Zion. You know what? Just keep doing what God wants you to do. Your voice will come back. Amen. Amen. Hope will find its way into your situation. God will begin to work it out. Submit yourselves to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Submit yourself to the Lord. And he'll cover you with his wings and take you into a place that bears his name. Amen. Isaiah says this. Isaiah 43 and 2, when thou passeth through the waters. And we, we you know, we, we look at a lot of times. We look and we think that living for God is going to be easy peasy. Everything's going to be all right. We're always going to make the right decisions. And we're always going to walk in the light. And everything's going to be good. Because God is with us. I've got the Lord with me now. Nothing can go wrong. Believe me, everything can go wrong. Amen. I saw, saw a little, I was a comedy deal, I think, but this woman was handcuffed. She goes, oh, I found out. That the bottom does have a basement. Amen. Amen. That, that I could go further on down. You think you've hit, you've, hit, you've, hit, you've hit the bottom? Well, there's a basement to that. Always can be something worse going on. Amen. Well, I think I've got to the end of my rope. Amen. Well, amen. You might find out that there ain't no more rope. You need something else. In fact, sometimes we depend on the rope too much. We need to be depending on the hand of the Lord. Amen. When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. Hold on, Lord. Why can't you just be with me without the waters? Amen. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. You know what, Lord? I would just prefer that we stay away from the waters and the rivers. I, I'm scared. I can't swim. Amen. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. What he's saying is you're going to go through situations. Amen. You're going to deal with this stuff. Some of it's going to be your problem. Some be because of what you've done. But whatever, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be an asylum. I'm going to be a safe place. Amen. At night on my bed, David said. I don't remember how it was, but I sing my song. Amen. In the darkness. In the darkness. I find a place in him. Hallelujah. And so we find that there is a, a little sanctuary. That doesn't mean a small one. That means for a little while. Amen. Anybody ever, anybody remember the song that says, just a little while to later. Just a little while to some wait. Amen. Just a little while. We just, we just got to wait a little while. We just got to keep on hanging on. Amen. Amen. And sooner or later, 
God's going to bring us through. But while we're here and while we're dealing with what we're dealing with, he said, I will be to you a sanctuary for that time of trouble. I'll be unto you an asylum that you can run to. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and are saved. Amen, amen. Let's just stand and worship the Lord right now. God, we love you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just gather into the front right now? I just everybody would you just come up. We're gonna take five minutes here. We're gonna raise our hands, come here, and begin to pray. You don't have to kneel, just come up here and stand near the front. Amen. Raise your hands and say, God, you know what I deal with here, Jesus. You know what I'm I'm struggling with, God. You know what I fight with, Lord. Lord, you know the, 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 the trials that I'm dealing with, God. God, be unto me a sanctuary for a while until you pull me through this. God, be an asylum. I'm, I'm an asylum seeker. I'm an asylum seeker. I need you, Lord. Cover me with thy wings. The Bible says, for underneath are his everlasting arms. Hallelujah. God, carry me. Bear me out, dear Lord. Protect me through the rivers of the fire and the water, dear God. Protect me, Lord. Keep your hand upon me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let your arms envelop me in my situation. I need your comfort, Lord. I need your help, Lord. I need your presence, Lord. I need your strength, Lord. God, let the peace that passeth all understanding be Get to move in my life, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. This isn't going to last forever. Someday we'll sweep through the pearly gates with him. The issues and the things we deal with today will all be over. But right now, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our situations, God's presence and spirit is always with us. When the very demons of hell come against us, he is greater than all of that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's love the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.